what's behind the financial exercise? What's the 35 million for? If you look at the trend in, in, in the financial industry, it's changing rapidly, especially from changing from legacy to modern technologies, modern ways of doing business. So to address that digitization, whatever the buzzwords we call, it doesn't really matter. But basically what financial institutions are looking at is how quickly can they respond to the market needs? how flexible their solutions can be. Can they add a new business product to take it to the market? What are those things that they can do? And uh, given that this scenario is developing so fast, and uh, especially if you come into the payments world, uh, the trend is much faster because even uh, it is enhanced because of the COVID situation. Uh, it just proven that we need to move much faster now with the digitization of payments. Uh, so everything is coming together. Uh, again, the traditional banks, uh, whether small or big, they have to move very quickly to compete with the challenger banks, or they have to move very quickly to compete with uh, non-banking vendors who are coming into the place like Google Pays and uh, Apple Pays of the world. Uh, and then smaller fintechs of the companies which are coming out with um, innovative solutions. So all those things are coming and uh, it's presenting a huge opportunity for us. Since we started in 2001, our goal always has been how do we simplify things uh, for our customers? And so that uh, simplification is our uh, DNA and making it much more uh, user-friendly interfaces and uh, flexibility to come out with new products so that their businesses can take new products to the market much faster and reduce the cost. And uh, bringing all those together, uh, we need to invest a lot more into uh, R&D, we need to invest a lot more into uh, market penetration to get a better market share and improve the whole uh, business operations for us. So the 35 million which we are taking will go into those aspects. And this is an equity financing round, not a, not a loan. It's, not a, it's, it's an investment into the business. You're absolutely right. It's an equity financing round. Disruption in financial services is something that is going on all the time, but it has picked up speed because of the pandemic, hasn't it? It did. I would say for the last two, three years, it has been going on, but this has enhanced that, uh, the thinking. And as we go forward, I think all the C-level executives will be looking at how do we reduce the cost? How do we respond to our customer base much faster, sooner, and the contactless? Basically, especially in the US, uh, there are still check processing quite a bit in terms of payments. I think all those things will be um, gone soon and most of them will be more digital. It will be online, real time. Uh, and uh, the consumer level uh, uh, satisfaction uh, in terms of uh, banking relationships are also coming to the corporate world. They are merging now. And cost, corporate customers are also looking for those kind of agility and uh, the speed at which they want to do business. So all these are like just moving so fast. And as you rightly said, this pandemic has only enhanced that uh, speed at which they want to work uh, to take it forward. If I'm a bank, I'm not looking at an on-premise investment anymore, am I? This is online, real time, but it's also going to be on cloud. So that's, that's a very good point, actually. So what we, um, what we are observing is um, 
mean, right from the simple user experience I was talking about earlier, and they would like to move to 24 by 7, uh, running fault-tolerant systems, highly resilient systems, and architectures which can help them auto-upgrade and uh, cloud-native, and uh, to take advantage of all the cloud, uh, next-generation cloud uh, technologies, which will be uh, only use as much as you want and when you want it, and basically auto-scaling and uh, active, 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 so that you don't have, you will have zero downtime for payments, and things like that. So for bigger, smaller banks, every one of them are financial institutions, this moving on to cloud is going to be very important because first of all, the cost is going to be lower in five-year period, the uh, total return on investment, and that will be much uh, better for them. And on, on top of it, the flexibility, the, uh, the, as I was mentioning about the fault tolerance, resilience, all that can be gained through this uh, cloud technology. So we are seeing a huge shift towards that. Whether uh, it is used as a service, uh, payments as a service, or whether they deploy it on a cloud, it doesn't really matter, but everybody's moving to cloud. But we, we are feeling that there will be a huge benefit for uh, small and medium-sized banks to take this as a service uh, and then uh, from the cloud. And that's where quite a bit of investments will be going into that R&D uh, for us to enhance the capabilities, which we already have, but we are enhancing that so that we are, we, we are going to pass on the benefits to the customers that are the new generation of clouds are going to give us, like Google or Amazon or Azure or IBM, whoever it is in the oracles of the world, they're all coming here with the wonderful architectures which we want to pass on those benefits to the clients. So what we are doing is cloud neutral, but at the same time, give them the flexibility to move from one cloud to the other or have hybrid clouds. So quite a bit of investments have to go into R&D for that reason. Well, you mentioned one word there a couple of times, flexibility. It's also a matter of scalability and of cost, because the one thing that is happening in the payments arena is pressure on margins obviously yeah the lower the, the the lower the cost of operations the better it is for them and today what happens with the legacy systems in place adding any new business service or business product to their clients banks are, or financial institutions are really spending a huge amount of time and resources and cost uh, to take the products to the market and uh, ultimately resulting in cost of uh, high cost of uh, servicing the clients. That means a lot of pressure on the margins. And uh, if they don't improve upon those, then it's not going to help them anymore. So that's one of the reasons why this cloud deployments and payments as a service would help them out to reduce the cost quite a bit because they're using a common infrastructure. They are using a service which almost on demand, which will be a lot more cheaper than dedicated data centers, dedicated personnel, dedicated IT staffs and things like that. So it's, it's going to change quite a bit in the next few years. Payments in terms of volumes are growing, but the competition is also growing there are far more players in the payment space than there used to be. So banks are facing pressure on that basis. One thing we haven't talked about so far is security, because this surely, if we're going to move to a cloud solution, we're going to move to a, a, an on-demand solution, there has to be security in its DNA. It's got to be a secure system. 100% agree with you. The yeah, fault tolerance, security, 
those are the two main aspects, uh, especially when it comes to payments. And every bank or every customer would love to have payments processed without any delays, uh, without any interruptions. So uh, both of them are very important. Uh, again, cloud providers are investing a huge amounts of money in the in these two aspects. And we are taking advantage of the infrastructures they are providing. On top of it, we do provide our own layers of security, our own layers of fault tolerance, and the resilience which we are uh, supporting. So there is a there is a layer which is provided by the cloud providers, and there is a layer which we are adding to it. Uh, we today also I can confidently say that we have the best resilience system available out there. But we are going to enhance that to meet the next generation cloud technologies as well. Well, let's talk about what comes next. You've raised this money, you're, you've got research and development underway. What is next for Volante Technologies? What's coming down the turnpike? So um, one, as we said earlier, is definitely R&D spend will be quite a bit for us. The second is, the thing is we want to uh, support our customers wherever they are. That means growing our business operations in every region we have operations in so that we are available there uh, with, uh, to them whenever they need. Uh, so that growing the business operations is very, very important for us. And we all, and also then we want to grow into different regions to support our current customer base and also enhance the customer base. That's the second one. The fourth one, third one is we can go uh, to adjacent areas where the characteristics of the uh, industries, which are very similar to financial industry, like legacy systems, which are taking a toll on those businesses, actually. They're not able to grow or they're not able to move fast. For example, like insurance. So where, where, where can we expand? So this investment is going to be put into all these three areas where we can, uh, job, uh, first is R&D, geographical expansions, within to serve our customer, existing customer base, as well as new customers, and acquiring new customers, and improving the um, are enhancing the business operations. And the third one is uh, moving to adjacent areas of uh, businesses which are very similar to uh, financial industry. 